Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Literary Ladies Podcast. Today we have a special guest, Hilarion. Say hello, Hilarion. <laughs> Hi, Hilarion. <laughs> Hi, Hilarion. Um, we, well, I don't know about KP. I met Hilarion back in college. KP, what about you? We met in college. Same. Same. Okay. <laughs> so we, okay, we so we all met at UCF in Orlando. Um, and Hilarion is an avid reader. I have always looked at her Goodreads for like ever. Post so many books on there. So I'm like, okay, what's Hilarion reading? I need to read this too. Um, I also read Fangirl because of you, which I loved. Oh, it's one of my favorites. Rainbow yeah. is just like by far just the best author for 20 something, you know, peeps. Yep. Uh, I, I've read that so many times. I don't typically buy the, the hardbacks, if I can get away with it, like the library is my go-to and I own that because I just love it so much. Yeah. So I love that book too. And since she is such an avid reader and has already read One to Watch, which is the book we are doing today, One to Watch by Kate Stamen London, we invited her to be on the podcast with us today. Woo! Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, so KP, why don't you go ahead and give the little synopsis of the book? Oh, <clears throat> Okay, here we go. <laughs> so this book was about a reality TV show like The Bachelor, but it was called Mean Squeeze. And they casted their first plus size bachelorette or Mean Squeeze. Um, and it kind of just went on with the season and you got to hear about all the, her different relationships and all the haters and it was great. <laughs> All the haters. So, oh, yeah. as usual, there's going to be spoilers <clears throat> after this. So, if you haven't read it, probably go read it before you listen. <laughs> and, or don't. or don't, just listen to us. <laughs> That's fine too. Um, so, we'll go ahead and get started. We have some questions that we pulled off the <clears throat> internet. I don't know. Where did you get them, KP? I don't know. Google. Somewhere random. <laughs> I searched it. Yeah. And then I also just wrote up some other questions that kind of weren't covered because the questions were a little odd, but we've answered some of them. vague. <laughs> and yeah. they didn't really dive deep into the book at all, which is what we're doing. So, right. so we'll do a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. So I'll ask the first question. It says, I fully related to uh, Bia's love-hate relationship with Main Squeeze because it's usually how I feel about The Bachelor and Bachelorette. Do you feel conflicted when watching shows like that? Are there any other shows or movies that you love even though they have uh, criticisms of even though you have criticisms of them? We'll pass it to our guests. <laughs> I don't with like shows like The Bachelor, Bachelorette, I don't myself personally pursue them but I've noticed every time someone else has it on and I'm in the room I will end up getting sucked in and watching it mm -hmm. um, like I watched this season's uh, like a lot of this season's bachelor bachelorette I guess um, because my parents are super into it so when I'd be at their house it'd be on or uh, actually when I was at some other family for Thanksgiving they had it on mm -hmm. and it is it's so interesting that like this this is actually not the first book I've read and it sort of talks about like being on a, 
a bachelorette style show. Um, this is the first one that talks about it, the, the main character being a plus size fa fashion blogger. Um, so that was cool because I actually related to the character in that capacity. But I think it is, I think reality shows in general are such a like love to hate situation for most people, you know, yeah. it's your guilty pleasure. Um, and I personally think it's one of those things where when you've had a long day at work and it's been mentally taxing, coming home and just watching someone else's drama is just really relaxing. <laughs> yeah, I put the same thing about it being a guilty pleasure because you know like half of these couples are not going to make it past a year. They always mm -hmm. end up breaking up, but you just watch it for the drama. It's great. I think it's like 80% of these couples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I put the same. I just, I mean... I know Melanie and I are both watching The Bachelor that just started last week, and every girl that came out of the limo, I was like, you're a model. You're also, <laughs> you're also a model. Yeah. Oh, you're not a model, but you look like one. So it's like, <laughs> it's insane to me. I have seen most seasons of The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, every Bachelor-related show, and there is not, I don't, I can't remember anyone ever being over, like, a size six, maybe. Yeah. Even, even just recently, they've had more, like, skin pigmentation colors in the show. Before, it was, like, strictly, like, you'd be right. lucky to find, like, one ethnic person that wasn't Caucasian in the Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they thought diversity a couple years ago was, oh, this guy's French. Like, and kind of, you know, or, like, uh, what was his name on Pablo, where he was from? like oh he's latino and it's like yeah he's like white <laughs> so i don't yeah and all the wheat people and it's and I, I wonder too if in the future with these types of shows like will it ever get to a point where it's going to be hard for them to find that because the average size woman is a size 16 mm -hmm. like there's the the narrow it's got to be narrowing like the <laughs> you know, to find these types of people to like, you're literally having to go out of your way to find skinny people. Yeah. I guess it could be why so many of the contestants on that show are in their early, early twenties, like 21, 22, 23. You're like, wow, like you're just going on here and getting ready to get married. <laughs> but not, <laughs> but not. Um, so how about this next question? Would you ever go on a show like the main squeeze and why or why not? Hell no. <laughs> that, like, I thought about this question and it gave me so much, so much anxiety. I was like, <laughs> I could not, like, go on a show where I know millions of people are watching me, like, talk to this guy for the first time and, like, go on these dates. And I just, like, that, no, 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 no. Yeah. I think that's what made... Um, one to watch so realistic is because they added included those articles from different and those comments and stuff that like just fat people in general get to interact with in social media of like one the fact that she's she's plus sized or fat makes her brave for doing this when it should just be like oh she just yet another person doing it mm -hmm. and then um, just like the like like you were saying earlier the haters right you had those articles from, um, I really like that the author put those like fake articles in there and then like comments she got on Instagram or on her blog that were really hateful, but then she also had those ones sprinkled in that were 
um, pro B uh, main character. And then also the one that she had from like, that was supposed to be from Jezebel, where basically they called her um, a sellout. That was really interesting too, because right, Jezebel tends to be a very like feminist um, uh, news source. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, I really liked that because if anything, if I ever had thought about being on something like The Bachelorette, reading this book made me go, yeah, never. Because <laughs> I was like, the anxiety just from her reading her being in it. Yeah, the biggest fear would just be going through the same, because they did make it so realistic, just what she went through. That's the biggest fear, just going through the same situations that she had, like, Cause none of those yeah. people have dealt with people of her size before on this show. So mm-hmm. while they may have friends or acquaintances that might be plus size, like that's not what they're doing in their everyday job. It's, Oh, let's make these people that look like models go dress up in bikinis and have a beach day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Even just the discord between Laura and the producer, the activity she would pick to put in and just like her not her just not even being able to fathom that like this is an uncomfortable situation this isn't this is not something you know like she was saying when I post pictures of myself in bikinis and whatnot I own those photos I get to pick ones to put on my blog I get to pick the angles versus this you have no control over how you're going to be perceived whether it's the angle the different cameras and what angle they choose to use like or the editing and how they choose you to look like there's just it's a really um, terrifying thought, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah. I agree. I, I also thought that while reading the book that why would she pick these dates where she's in a bathing suit so much? Like no mm-hmm. size woman, unless you're like, <clears throat> very, very, very confident, wants mm-hmm. to like do a bunch of dates where they're in a bathing suit. Um, and yeah, like what you said about the angles, like and even if there's a photo and you think, oh, I look really good in this photo, the <clears throat> curves look great, I look great, it goes on the internet and people are like, you're fat, you're a pig, you're disgusting. And it's no like, one's going to have sex with you. Yeah, no one's going to have sex with you. No yeah. guy will ever love you. Like, okay, thanks. Like, yeah. 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 Um, and you thought, you would think she would have learned, Lauren, the producer, would have learned when she decided to do that belly dancing date later on in the book. And I love how they flip that script. Like Sam, one of the candidate, the uh, candidates, I've been worked. Um, one of the contestants, how he basically like was like, I'm gonna belly dance instead. Like, yes, okay, cool. But I, I mean, just I felt. I don't know about you, but I feel she did such a great job of making me feel all of the emotions B was having. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's I think so hard to do, especially when you talk about characters in third person. Um, because you kind of lose that when you're saying I, it's a lot easier for you to kind of put yourself in their shoes and she was using the person. So I just thought that was just a really cool situation of um, how much, I mean, it was stressful, but like, I really liked that I got to feel what she was feeling because she just wrote it so well. Yep. Shout out to Sam for being awesome. He was a great Yeah, he was great. (laughs) One Um, of the only diverse contestants. (laughs) um, Do you think that The Bachelorette would ever cast a plus size star? And how do you think America would react to that? I don't see that ever happening. Ever. I think if it does, it would be like, I don't even know, in 20 years. And I think it still would be a bad idea. Like, not going well. 
I think it's nice that, you know, the body positivity movement is around in a way that it wasn't bachelor and bachelorette started Mm -hmm. and kind of going back to what I said, like in the future, like how easy is it going to be for them to find these people that fit their little box? Um, So I hope at some point it does happen, but I hope that they do a better job of having diverse romantic interests um, in both, you know, size and race and, and what, um, and even sexual orientation. Like I would love, even if she's skinny or he's skinny, I would love a bi contestant, right? Like one who gets, you get like men and women get to buy for this person. So, um, there it's just Mila shot at love. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. Um, but just like the whole situation of it's just so interesting that there are so many options out there, not just at this point, um, you know, what size that person is, but um, how they identify, uh, you know, who they are interested in, that kind of thing. And here we are living in like white heteronormative America. <laughs> so, and getting the money. Yeah, I said, I think the closest they would even get is maybe someone that's like a size 12 and then they would make sure that they were this drop dead gorgeous. Someone like, is it Ashley Graham? Who's like, the yeah, like swimsuit model. It would be someone like that. Like they wouldn't, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be an average looking woman. <laughs> <That's> no, <better. laughs> no, has the curves all in the right place. Yeah. Um, let's see, which of Bia's suitors did you like the best and why? It's been so long. I'm like, what are their names? I mean, I love Asher, who, spoiler alert, Shan's up with. Um, I think that they were a really good balance to each other um, because I think she brought out a goofiness in him it, with how serious he could be and then vice versa. And, um, and I mean, right there, I love that she brought up, you know, like um, Asher's son being uh, gender fluid was super cool that that was part of the conversation. Uh, uh, Sam too, obviously. Like those are my one and two. Because uh, screw off Luke with the stuff he did. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about you, KP? Um, so I loved Asher. He was my number one. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved Wyatt. Like not romantically for her, yeah. but the friendship. I loved that so much. And um, yeah, Luke was super sketchy. Hated him. <laughs> Yeah, Wyatt was also my favorite just because he was super genuine with her. He was very honest with her. Um, The only, I knew like Asher was going to be the one for her and that he was good for her ultimately. I just didn't enjoy the way he acted towards the end of the book. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I like put him down a little bit. (laughs) That's fair. And like, I, I don't know why I totally forgot about Wyatt, honestly, but I loved that. And again, another point, him being asexual, like how cool that there was an ace character <laughs> yeah she did an amazing job with the yeah ace. yeah yeah i love that storyline because it was that's like where the friendship grew when he like opened up to her mm-hmm. and she was like okay cool like yeah we're <laughs> friends. this is awesome i was like oh i love them like she doesn't need to end up with anyone she can just be with wyatt yeah it provided <clears throat> that sense of like security for her too because she knew there was someone that she could end up with even though it wouldn't be true but that's how she went on to the show in the first place she didn't really think she was gonna end up with anyone anyway mm-hmm. yeah and then also um with the storyline of him like ending up being asexual like 
the author totally could have gone with just, I think, the regular route, where I remember when I first read it, I was like, oh, he's going to be gay. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's what the the storyline is going to be. And the, the, it wasn't just that. Like, she kind of went even further. Um, I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, I love that she had a safe choice and she had a choice that could potentially, like, you know, when Lauren was telling her, you know, now that it's real, you have to realize that like the audience is here for your highs and lows emotionally. And you have to be ready for that, that it is all out there for people to see. Yep. All right. So next question, when Bia doesn't choose either of the finalists at the end of the show, she is showing that getting engaged isn't the only happy ending. Um, Being happy and fulfilled on your own is also a happy ending we should all strive for. Have you ever felt as though society tells us you can only be happy if you are partnered up? And how do you, how did you combat that? (laughs) Okay. You want this one first? (laughs) Uh, yes, 100%. Um, it's all about, um, okay, so the three of us, two of us are 30-ish, and then <laughs> Melanie, you're a little bit younger. But, like, my mom is constantly like, when are you getting married? When are you having kids? Oh, I just want you to be happy. When are you going to give me grandbabies? And when are you going to get married? Um, but, oh, just be happy. And I told mm-hmm. her, I'm like, listen if you can find me a husband, great. But until then, like, shut up. Because I, (laughs) but like, yeah, society is like, so much like, you need to go to college, you need to meet a guy, you need to get married, you need to have 12 kids. And then you need to be a stay at home mom. And then you need to die. Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I think that's, I remember a relative saying to me, and at this point, I was out of college how she was worried her her sons weren't going to end up with their college girlfriends because, you know, it's so hard to meet people afterwards. And I was like, hi. <laughs> yeah, you're, you know, just here being single. Um, and I, I remember even having the conversation with UKP, like constantly we were just like, man, like, when are we going to meet somebody? And, and for me, it wasn't until, and I feel like this is so cliche, but it wasn't until I had so many other things in my life in order that I finally, everything fell in place for me. And I mean, I'm not in that relationship anymore, but it's still something that, um, I'm really thankful for because it wasn't until I was like, yeah, I'm actually really good being alone that that made me realize, okay, I'm ready to meet somebody truly, or like actually invest in this because I could tell you some stories about the amount of first dates I've been on and just never anything coming from it. And a lot of it being me so desperate to meet somebody, because like you said, KP, that's what we're told in society. We're, you know, we're already feeling because we're 30 something women and we don't haven't met anybody yet. Um, I'm really thankful my parents aren't your, like your mom, where uh, we actually were with a family friend and she was like, I'm ready for grandbabies. Aren't you ready for grandbabies, Joan? Joan to my mom and mom's like, yeah, no, I'm good. Like, I'm really enjoying like not having to help anybody with any kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I appreciated that of her that, you know, this, this isn't the be all end all that she's proud of me just for being advanced in my career at this point. Yeah, I think it's totally possible to be happy just being by yourself and doing whatever the hell you want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that it wasn't portrayed the way this question makes it seem like it was portrayed in the book because 
even though she didn't end up with anyone, she still was she sad did. and went back to the museum and was missing Asher. So she wasn't happy being alone. Mm -hmm. But she did end up with someone, which is good for her. But I think aside from that, it is possible to end up being happy by yourself. Just look at Wyatt, right? <laughs> <laughs> I will counterpoint. I do like that they showed, you know, at the beginning of the book, she's wallowing over Robbie. Is that what Ray. his name was? Ray, whatever. One of those <laughs> dumb um but she's wallowing over ray there one night together after being you know under the whole unrequited love situation for years with him and um she doesn't she basically doesn't go out for like a year so and then you fast forward to after main squeeze and there's like a text conversation between her and her um best friend marin mm -hmm. Um, her Marin's like, oh, are you guys still partying, you know, kind of deal. And she's like, yeah, so-and-so is about to twerk kind of deal. So I like that they showed that even though um, we all knew she was bummed about not ending up with someone, specifically Asher, she was actually living her life, though. Yeah, for sure. She wasn't letting missing Asher stop her from, stopping her from being a live person. <laughs> right. Um, like she did with Ray. So uh, I really, really enjoyed that, that they did, they did show, hey, like, I can, I can wallow over somebody, but still be there for my friends. Right. I would agree with that. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. So that was the end of the questions that we got kind of off the internet, and we're going to go into some questions that I wrote about the book. I took over KP's job because normally she writes the questions, but we'll see how I did. <laughs> um, so the first one is, do you think this book did a good job at depicting the perspective of a plus-size woman today? Why or why not? I would say, yeah. I mm -hmm. related to it a ton. A lot of the stuff that she dealt with, like, um, like, I mean, I didn't relate to, like, the comments and, like, the people, like, saying mean things as much but like the how hard it is to be in a relationship <laughs> as a plus size woman and how you have to like check 12 boxes off before you even go on a date with a guy it it's just hard it's really hard and it makes you like really insecure and not want to like go date because you're like oh if I met him off tinder like do I have to like tell him before I get to the date? Like, oh, by the way, I'm plus size. Like, I know I kind of look skinny in my pictures, but like, <laughs> it's like, just a heads up. But it's like, it's so realistic to go on a date with someone and you show up and then be, be like, oh yeah, like this is not really what I signed up for. Like, I don't really, I don't date fat people. Mm -hmm. So I just, I related to the book a lot and I liked it because I, I felt like it was very realistic. Mm -hmm. I think it helped that it was a plus-sized author. You know, um, from what I saw from her picture, I don't think she's any sort of skinny lady. So I think she wrote it from a place of knowing how it is. And um, so I really appreciated that because I, I don't really appreciate when people try to write outside of what they know and have experience in. Um, and so... Um, yeah, kind of, even though I've never gotten comments on the internet about my, my size, <clears throat> I've had them from men or in some cases boys, because who are, they're not men in my opinion, um, <laughs> boys who basically have told me, oh, I, I find you attractive, but I would never date you because you're, you're too fat. And, and like, 
looking back on it now, you're just like, man, how could I let someone talk to me that way? And, and I so related to her even, you know, longing for Ray, right? Like this gorgeous guy who um, seems to think the world of her and there's obviously chemistry there, but like no one's making the first move and you know because you're the fat person in the situation you're not going to make the first move because screw rejection um and i think in some ways men like that know that they know that they have the power in that situation and so um it kind of just exactly what kp said just totally understanding that like i said i've I had to put the book down a couple times. I read, it, I read it in like a night, but I still had to put the book down a couple times because I was just like, oh, this is making me cry and like feeling really shaken. I'm like seen right now. So yeah, yeah, no, she did a great job with it. Yeah, I was just talking, I think it was a few weeks ago, I was talking to my girlfriend about just the internal monologue that you have with yourself as a plus size, size person anywhere you go like you go into a restaurant and you're like am i gonna fit into this booth they're about to sit me at and she did a great job capturing that when she was in that cafe in um france and she it wasn't france or paris so i'm not sure but um when she was going on when she was meeting someone and had to walk between all the tables and just talked about everyone looking at her and you just have the same thoughts at least I, I know I have those same thoughts mm -hmm. when I go to places like that. Yeah. Was it France or Paris? <laughs> Paris, France? <laughs> well, okay, what is in the other? So no, 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 it, no I know. I, meant, I, I didn't know if, it, if she had in the book, if she just said France in general or if it was Paris. She was, I think she was talking about Paris um, <laughs> specifically where she, when she was, where are you talking about when she was talking about like where she'd be walking through certain places and like it she'd feel like eyes on her because she was just not the status quo when it came yeah it was specifically i think before she went to that flea market when she was mm -hmm. eating i think at her favorite cafe and she was walking in inside through the tables yeah i think there was also when she went on that like terrible first date the blind date situation after ray i think they talked about it there too where yeah. she I, I remember them talking about it at some point, so you're t spot on that. For yeah. the record, I do know that Paris is in France. <laughs> <laughs> I just like, you're like, Paris or France? And it's like, well, I like, look at hilarious, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to remember what she actually said in the book, but. <laughs> like, France in general. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so next question. How did you feel when um, one of the men walked out on the first night after seeing B? Have you experienced anything similar to this in your life? <laughs> I mean, it was so shitty, honestly. <laughs> I, if it were me, I would have been like, screw this. <clears throat> I'm out. I'm going home. I'm eating ice cream. I'm never leaving my house again. Because that was so, so shitty. And I feel like, and Lauren, the producer, set her up for that. So I'm like, really? You're going to like set this girl up to be like humiliated on TV and have this guy be like, you're disgusting and then still think she wants to do the show? Yeah. Like, terrible. And Lauren's reasoning for it. Well, now people are going to to root for you and, and be like, no, they're going to pity me. Like, what, what are you talking about? That was that was so when that happened. Uh, oh, you remaining meeting time, nine minutes. <laughs> 
Yeah, wrap this one up. <laughs> when that happened, I was just like, oh my God, that's just so, like you, you, I feel like I knew that was going to happen and I was like hoping it wouldn't and just, yeah, that was not a fun feeling to, to deal with as you read. Um, I forgot what the real question was. No, that's fine. Um, it was just about them walking out and I said that it really hit home. Um, and I told KP about this and I've told my girlfriend about this. The first date we ever had, I, she, we went to Chick-fil-A and um, she ordered before me. And I, I thought in my mind that she left the restaurant after she saw me. Like that was just this like intrusive thought that I had in my brain that like, oh, like she saw me and saw what I looked like and just left, but she didn't. And we're still together. So. Yeah. yeah. That and happen, but that was just like this, like thing that's in my brain like oh if someone sees the way I look like oh I'm good they're gonna be repulsed by me and like leave the restaurant because who would want to date me you know yeah I've been I have thankfully I've always had that concern and thankfully it's never turned out that way I think it turns into us ghosting each other at the end but it's like you know so we'll go through a polite I think we're both like sitting there kind of counting down the minutes till it's polite enough to leave um, I've had that a couple times and, um, and, but that gives me a chance at the end to be like, I'm not interested in him anyway, you know, like kind of build up that, that thought of, yeah, whatever. I wasn't really into it anyways, which I really wasn't now that I think back on it. So it probably works out, but I can't even imagine what that feel like. Just yeah. Okay. So the next question is, what did you think about the inclusivity of this book in regards to both plus size women as well as sexuality? Did you think it was well done? I know we kind of talked about this earlier, but give me your overall thoughts. Give me um, overall thoughts. Like, um, so I said, <laughs> sorry, for, um, forward and inclusive, and it's the first time I've ever really experienced asexuality being talked in the book. Um, mm -hmm. And I just gave kudos to the author, really, for talking about so many different, like, we talked about how Asher's son was pretty fluid and liked to wear different types of clothing, and then Asher's asexuality, and I feel like there were quite a few, for being, like, a pretty, what you'd assume is just a heteronormative book, it went into other areas, and I thought that was nice. <clears throat> I liked how, how much it was, it felt normal, mm -hmm. um, like with Wyatt's asexuality, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, she reacted to it, the character reacted to it was really cool, where she was like, oh, okay, cool, like, let's be friends, you know, like, whatever kind of deal, and then with, um, I forgot his name. Um, Linus. Linus is Asher's son. Mm -hmm. With that too, I just love that she talked about it with him where, you know, Asher's like, I'm really, I'm not sure if I want to, you know, uh, like subject Linus to being on TV um, and potentially him being like teased or whatever in a, in a nationwide, a, a national way versus just like having to deal with bullies at his normal level. And, um, and I love that B's response was, or is this going to show Linus how much you like love him as he is? Um, you know, in the sense of you, you're not embarrassed or you're not ashamed of him. You, 
you are so proud of him for being who he's he's meant to be kind of deal um and i just really like that and then that was kind of their biggest conversation about it and then it was just like linus was wearing like the coolest tutu and a spider-man shirt you know mm -hmm. i really enjoyed that yeah i thought it was i thought she did a great job with inclusivity for the most part it was a little so a, little, a lot of white people but <laughs> <laughs> many of those white people oh yeah so many white people so uh, many <laughs> so many white people <laughs> yeah i agree i wrote that wyatt's storyline was my favorite out of the whole book i thought it was so and like this is like a love story book or like a, i don't know yeah it's technically a, like a romance but i that was the storyline that i was like heck yes like they're building this friendship where they're gonna like be in each other's lives forever with this bond that they have mm -hmm. and i loved it it was great yep. yeah um and then our last question um again we already talked a little bit about this but how did you feel about all of the hateful comments we got when it was announced that she was going to be the next main squeeze so all the things she got on twitter all of the articles that were posted about her like how did that just make you feel in your own personal experience or however you want to address it well it was realistic like i feel like people are much more brave behind the keyboard than they are in person so they'll say literally anything they'll and they did to her in the book like they were really mean <laughs> and said a lot of really mean things and i was like wow but i can like imagine reading this tomorrow on twitter about someone mm -hmm. else so yeah I thought super realistic yeah the i the, it was i forgot you just made, reminded me of the one article too that was like some like fitness mom situation and that whole <clears throat> basically fat phobia wrapped in fake concern for her health when health does not correlate to weight or like does not they just it doesn't work um so uh because there are uh, fat people out there who are extremely healthy and there are skinny people out there who are extremely unhealthy and everything in between and it's a situation too of you don't know if this person is this way because they have a medical condition um, or genetics just in general and um, I like I said with the body positivity movement it's really nice to see people fighting for that right you know um, so but I do, I see it on like the body positivity people I, I follow. They'll, they'll get these comments just being like, you know, maybe if you ate more vegetables and then like the person will respond being like, ah, uh, I'm a vegetarian, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, or like I'm a vegan. And it's like, because we've, our society has decided that the only way you're fat is because you eat too much. And that's just not true. Um, and so I just, I really like that. Uh, like I said, I really like that she included those articles because it was just so realistic um, and sad that it's so realistic. Yeah. Um, saying to KP, oh, they, they don't do it to your face, except for Nash and Cooper in the book. Yeah, the two who kept making comments about whale watching and calling be a cow. Um, her, what her brothers did to them was like my favorite yeah oh yeah that was great <laughs> yeah like her mom being like can you go get some ice cream from every place down the road and then like her her brother like taking them and just leaving their asses um also the text conversation between her brothers where they were trying to decide what to wear mm -hmm. 
I love they, they were like going back and forth and they to the two convinced the third to just wear like sweats and he's like my wife is pissed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good um, yeah. I put, I think that it was so important for this to be included in the book because, well, I know this type of behavior isn't limited to just plus size people, like not only <clears throat> plus size people get bullied online, but it definitely highlighted a lot of the comments that plus size people do receive online. And I remember when those anonymous question sites were really popular back in like when I was in high school, um, okay. I got, I posted the link on my Facebook, I think Facebook. Probably. I don't remember. Maybe, Maybe my face. Either way. <laughs> Who knows? Um, someone anonymously commented, why are you so fat? And that has stuck with me like for my entire life now. And that was someone I was friends with on one of those sites. So it was probably someone I went to school with, someone that I knew. I guess that's probably usually the case, but it just like sticks with you forever. And I, I don't know if people don't realize it or what, but just be conscious of what you say online to other people because yeah yeah it stays with people back to like what hilarian said like where people say like eat a vegetable go eat a salad to bigger people online like it also goes the other way where like really skinny people they get the constant like eat a cheeseburger go eat a full meal like what'd you have for lunch a pecan like it, i had a friend in high school who was so 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 skinny and she ate like she was a football player and she couldn't even gain a pound. And it was yeah. like a severe insecurity of hers. And I, then I was on the other side where I was like, well, if I eat like a piece of rice, I gain 12 pounds. So mm -hmm. it's like crazy that both sides feel the same type of thing, you know? Yes and no, because there is thin privilege in a way that people who are plus size flat or whatever choice of words you want to use do not have. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel for people who get told to eat a cheeseburger and especially when it is medically related, like your friend obviously had something had a situation going on. I have a friend right now who recently dropped a ton of weight and went from being like a size 16 to she's like a size four. And but you can tell like she's it she doesn't look healthy and she was talking about it. it's like a whole situation with her um her gi tract and stuff so like um you're right though like knowing that it's on both sides that no one no one can be there is no real perfect like people will find a reason to nitpick you and nitpick your image um especially as women i think um because you know when chris pratt had uh, had weight on him. He was a dad bod and like everyone wants a dad bod. But when a woman does it, it's like how much weight so-and-so's gained. Oh my gosh, she's so fat now. And, and it's not, it's just ridiculous. Um, just the double standard that there is. I've never yeah. even thought about that until you just pointed that out, but that's very true. It's yeah. so true. Yeah. And um, I know, I mean, a couple celebrities have made like documentaries like Demi Lovato and like Taylor Swift talking about their eating disorders and like just how much pressure it is. And like, there was a time when Demi Lovato had gained like a little bit of weight and went to the beach and the amount of comments that were, that were like, she's so fat now, she's so gross, she let herself go. And it's like, no, she's like healthy. She's like a normal weight. Like, mm -hmm normal like let's not yeah and i think it's it's so internalized even in us right you know where i'll catch myself having that thought and then immediately being like 
who are you to flipping judge? Like take it down a notch lady. Um, and I think again, back to the book, she did a great job with that, with, you know, what I was talking about with the men versus women with Jeffrey, here is a plus size guy who literally turns out to be like the bane of the earth or, you know, the scum of the earth with him basically being like, yeah, well, <clears throat> you're a fat lady, so you're never going to be loved versus I can get girls who are way better looking than you because no one cares if it's a man. Like she actually yeah. got that in the book. And I thought that was super cool. I mean, the character was despicable, but again, back to that. So realistic experience, such realistic experiences in that book. Yeah. yeah. And like when plus size guys get attention, it's like, Oh, this is normal. But when plus size girls get attention, it's like, Oh, like I should feel like very like fortunate that this mm -hmm. guy showing me attention and very blessed mm -hmm. and let me make sure I do all the right things so I don't lose him because I'm probably not going to get a guy like him again even if he's like the scum of the earth yeah yep um so let's get into a happier note and do my favorite <laughs> part of the podcast which is casting the characters as actors and actresses so KP you can start us off you want to do BF first yeah did you like so did they pronounce it on audible as bia or b b okay i don't know i was just reading it as bia because it has an a at the end yeah yeah i think it's because it's like um my friend has a daughter who's beatrice and it's it's spelled b-e-a when she's okay so but i totally get the bia too it could be either really yeah so i struggled with casting b because i was like do i pick someone who is plus size but a model or do i pick someone who's plus size and normal not that models aren't normal but you know what i mean and so who's not you know a runway model so i thought the more realistic one would be um, a plus size model type looking person so i picked hunter mcgrady she's a plus size model that was recently on the Drew Barrymore show and I really liked her and I've kind of been like cyber stalking her since. Yeah, I could totally see that. I, I always Google the people because most of the time I don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I was originally thinking Adele like pre her losing a ton of weight because now she's very skinny. Um, mm -hmm. But I actually went with Chrissy Metz from yeah, what show that is. Uh, this is us. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So I struggle with this because, and it just goes to show the lack of representation in um, fat lady actresses. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking, and the fact that like, I think Chrissy Metz is where I would think anyone would kind of go to because of the fact that she's kind of the only, you know, well-known plus sized actress right now. Yeah. Um, so I actually went to an actual fashion blogger, plus size fashion blogger I follow, Katie. Love that. Um, and her whole thing is showing that it doesn't matter what size you are, you can wear awesome outfits and stuff if you want to Google her. And it's it's kind of what I pictured be looking like too, so it kind of worked out. Um, <clears throat> and um, she's just super... She used to kind of hide behind like a name and like a just like an Instagram handle that didn't have her name and now she's just like super into it and um she does this thing uh daily like 
uh, or weekly, hey, this is, you know, one of a celebrity, like a skinnier celebrity who's out wearing an outfit and people being like, oh, I would never be able to pull that off at the size I am. And then she finds basically a similar outfit and wears it. What was her name again? Katie Storino, S-T-U-R-I-N-O. Okay. Ah, oh, yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, so that's that's who I kind of actually thought of as I was talking about stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I was really struggling because we really don't have a lot of plus-sized actresses to choose from, and in that age range. Yeah. Max is technically, like, in her 40s at this point. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so for Lauren, who did you guys think of for that? Um, I picked Cara Delevingne. Oh, interesting. Because I was like, who could be, like, kind of like a boss lady slash kind of shady? Mm-hmm. Cara Delevingne can. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, if you're listening, because I know you are. <laughs> I picked Elizabeth Banks. Ooh, I love her. I... To be honest, I, I really struggle to cast people um, because I, I think it's just one of those things where it's in your head. Um, but every time I thought of Lauren, I thought of, have you ever heard of the TV show Unreal? Mm-mm. Yes. Yeah. So it's actually based on, it's basically the care, the whole set, like synopsis is um, the producers of something like The Bachelor, Bachelorette, like how they basically get those money shots in a sense um and it's it's on hulu if you want to watch it um and um the there's a actress in that and i forgot what her name is um but i really i feel like she would be it because she's kind of like no nonsense um let me see if i can constant zimmer i think so is that the older lady yeah she plays quinn Yes, yeah. I feel like Constance Zimmer, just like, but I feel like Lauren had a heart in a way that Quinn did not. Um, Quinn was pretty heartless. So, um, but I could see, I also think Lauren was maybe younger too. I just, it's hard for me to, because I I like pictured the girl. I just couldn't think of someone who would be her. Mm -hmm. It's so hard to like try to pick someone that you think would fit. Mm -hmm. How they fit in your head. So I agree with you. Yeah. So who did we think for Sam? I put Alfred Enoch. Oh, I have to look him up. He was, he was in Harry Potter, I believe. And he was also in How to Get Away with Murder. Okay. I was wondering. Ah, okay. Oh yeah. yeah. He was super familiar. Um, well, seeing as she literally said he looked like a, um, Michael, is it Michael Jordan? Michael. Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Oh wow! In in the show in the in the book, I would cast him. Um, I, I almost picked him too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She said he looked like a Michael B. Jordan with a mustache, which I'm like, Michael B. Jordan usually has some form of facial hair. So yeah. Um, I picked Jordan. What's his name? Hold on. Jordan. Oh, Jordan Fisher. He was on Dancing with the Stars. I think he originally is from like Disney Channel. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Oh, yeah. But I was like, I'm trying to like think of someone who like looks young enough that they could be like 23, 24. 
I don't know. It was hard. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. What about Luke? I had to do some researching and Googling for this one. <laughs> um, but I picked Pio Marmai, I believe his, is his name. Can we spell that one? P-I-O-M-A-R-M-A-I with a little ah. accent above the I. Okay. Oh, you went with like a real French guy. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah. If we're going French, then I would say I think it's Jaspard Ulil. It's G A S P A R D and then U L L I E L. Because I think he's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. I can see that. <laughs> so, my guy is not French, but he's British. Uh, his name is Freddie Stroma. Oh, yeah. Familiar. He was yeah. in Pitch Perfect, Harry Potter. He was in that show Unreal. He was. He And he's also in the most recent Netflix show, Bridgerton. He plays oh. Frederick. Okay. Yeah, um, he was. He <laughs> for Asher, I picked Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Ooh, love it. Love that for him. <laughs> um, I picked um, Harry Shum Jr. Ooh, I love him so much. Me too. I had someone else, and then I saw a preview for a movie that just came out that he was in, and I was like, ooh, he's Asher, not the other guy. Yeah, I love um, him. Yeah, I don't know. I This is so bad. I don't know his name. Um, I just know him as Jason from The Good Place. I think it would be so interesting to see the actor who plays J Oh, uh, Manny, Rick, what's his name? Manny something. Um, but I think it would be so interesting to see him play like a serious ca character in comparison to. Oh, yeah. To, um, yeah. Manny Jacinto. Although now also I'm like Googling like awesome Asian guy actors, Ross Butler. Um, oh, I thought about him. Okay, wait. I have a terrible problem where I don't pay attention to any of the descriptive factors that the author gives the people. So was he Asian in the book? Asher is Asian. Ah, okay. But jo I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt is part Asian. I think I, he, he looks like he could be, but I totally did not know that he was part Asian. I, I told KP this last time because... <laughs> They only will mention it like one time in the very beginning, yeah. and then I just it just leaves my mind like so. It, yeah, me. So I always like pick someone super specific to the book. <coughs> you will be like, oh, I think it's like, well, what was the last one that we did? Yeah, where, where I, I picked oh. the guy from Schitt's Creek, and I picked what Woody Harrelson because the guy was supposed to be like in his fifties, <laughs> like a hippie, and she's. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Maybe Eugene Levy. <laughs> well, she goes, it's a character from Schitt's Creek. And I go, oh, it has to be Roland. And she right. goes, Roland? And I said, yeah, the guy's in his 50s. And he like looks like a hippie. <laughs> See, I just, I just don't pay attention to that. And I probably should. 
so funny. I was like, okay, Melody. I mean, I did, it's know, kind of I did know that Sam was black, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they do. I, thankfully, they discussed that a little bit because she's like, literally, this is the only diverse person on this. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, and I love that at the end when they announce him as the new main squeeze, he's like, and I expect diversity in size and in color and everything in my on my season. Yeah. I love that. Like, go, Sam. So who did you guys pick for Wyatt? Um, I picked Alexander Ludwig from The Hunger Games. I think I know what he looks like. Yes. He's like the mean one in The Hunger Games. That's from like District 2 or whatever. I picked Matthew Morrison. <laughs> okay. <laughs> from Glee. <laughs> um, I just oh could God. picture it. I don't know why. I just could. Melanie's like, I pick Morgan Freeman. I think this makes sense. <laughs> Don't um, judge me. <laughs> I just blanked on, um, he's the son of a famous actor. Shoot. He's like my dad's favorite actor. The The dad is. Um, it's like really old and his son's Wait. like surprisingly young. I can't even remember. I like, know who you're thinking of. Who? thinking of wait what's his, name? <laughs> his dad was in a bunch of westerns like, yes ugly okay you're thinking of him too yes what uh, is his and name? now he's a director yeah. yeah yeah he has he's in a movie about some baseball thing i can't remember what his name is oh my god i should just google the good the bad and the ugly hold on <laughs> hold on i'll tell you in a second um Come on, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, yeah. Son is, what is Clint Eastwood's son's name? Um, Scott, I think. Scott Eastwood. Yeah, because I feel like you kind of had to go with a very Midwestern-y looking dude. Yeah. And I feel like Scott is like gorgeous, but also looks like he could walk off of a of cornfield. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, th I thought Matthew Morrison could be a farmer. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just feel like he's too old for the role. <laughs> he he <laughs> is too old. My ages don't ever match very well. <laughs> I, I try my best, you know? <laughs> I was just laughing because I watched music and lyrics for the first time in like a while. And that, that movie came out like, I think like 15 plus years ago, plus 20 years ago. And Matthew Morrison is in it. And he looks the exact same as... <laughs> Did this guy sell his soul to the devil? Because um, he has not aged yet. So I will give you that. You guys are really going to laugh at who I put for Ray, so I'll let you go first. <laughs> oh, you can finish us out. Um, I picked, um, and pardon my whiteness, um, Jean-Luc Bilodeau. He's in that show Baby Daddy. Yes! I picked oh. him. Oh, you know what? His brother in that would be so good as um, Wyatt, too. Yeah, I was like, this makes sense. Yeah, I could see that. Oh, that's a good one. I was thinking big name, like Timothy Chalamet, for some reason, because I remember her saying, like, he was, like, really dark-haired and stuff. But I don't... I, I was like so focused on the descriptions the second time I read it because I knew that was one of the things we wanted to do. And I could not think, I couldn't even picture Ray. Like all I could think was like, this guy's a jerk. Like that's all I could. So. 
So let me preface mine by saying this guy was an a-hole and I wanted it to be in my mind where he was like, oh, I couldn't be with you because of the way you look. But in reality, he is not the hottest shit out there. So that's why I picked who I picked. And I picked James Corden. Oh, wow. I would think of him for Jeffrey. That Yeah, that could be good. But I just wanted, because he wasn't on the show, so it wasn't like he needed to be skinny. But he also she was, like, infatuated with him. And he also, like, I just wanted it to be where he was, like, putting her in this place where, oh, I can't be with you because you're too fat. But in reality, he's also not, like, a skinny dude. See, but, yeah, the description is that he's, like, model hot, basically. But I think he, inside-wise, I don't, I couldn't, that's why I think I couldn't think of him, because I was like, you're such a terrible personality. Like, you don't get, you don't get to be hot. So I like that you did James Corden. Okay. I I haven't paid attention to the descriptions again for our next book, but I promise the one after that, I'm going to try to pay attention. (laughs) One after that, we're doing a a crime novel, so we know what the killer (laughs) That's true. We are not going to cast anyone. We're going to do a Golden State Killer uh, novel. Oh, are you doing I'll Be Gone in the Dark? Yes. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, so as our last part, rate this book out of five stars. I would say nine out of 10. Um, just, I'm, I don't know why I'm always hesitant to give something like a 10 out of 10. Um, but I would say nine because it was funny. It was emotional. Um, the diversity was fantastic. I was so easily, I could so easily relate to it in a way that sometimes you can't in other in other books. Um, and the premise was something that I think all of us are, you know, all know because of reality shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I also would give it a nine out of 10 or a four out of five. Sorry. I didn't know. No, it's okay. not gone first. I'm a four out of five. <laughs> I gave it you a four. Like, I'm also going to give it a nine out of 10 because <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in decimal places. I gave it a four point six out of five because I thought it was oh, really good. Okay. and I think that's probably my highest rating so far of all the books we've done. So that's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, wow. you usually are like it's a two point two out of five. Oh snap. So it's a one point five. No, I haven't I have given one like a two point eight or something, but it was a not good. Yeah, it was a, <laughs> I feel like that was you being nice. It was not good. Um, so let's see. Next time we are doing, we've already announced this on the previous podcast, but we are going to be doing Somewhere in the Dark by R.J. Jacobs, who sent us a copy of his book. I'm listening to it on Audible. KP is reading it, the copy that was sent. So we'll be doing that for our next podcast. Thank you, Hilarion, for joining us and giving us your thoughts and opinions on this book as well. I know everyone listening is going to love it. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Of course. um, As always, follow us on Instagram, Literary Ladies Pod. Um, We post funny reading memes all the time, and you can just comment what your book recommendations are, and we might add them to our list. And if you have book recommendations, you can email them to us as well at literaryladiespod at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you. <laughs> um, sure so <laughs> what did you say, KP? I said we sure do. We sure do. <laughs> um, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts as well if you'd like to hear from us. So maybe we'll give you a shout out. Hey. Hey. <laughs>
shout out. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>